Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road, riding with you in the sunnier days. I wouldn't want it any other way. It's time to name the neglect from typical food advice. Welcome to the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Hosted by me, Julie Duffy Dillon. I'm a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience partnering with folks just like you on their food peace journey. What have we learned? Well, cookie cutter approaches exclude too many people and you don't need to be fixed. It's not you. It's not me. It's all of us. Only together, we can start a movement and fix diet culture. And we will. Let's begin with now. Welcome to episode 290 of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. So glad you could join us today. I have a show that I am so excited about. 
namely because I learned so much talking to today's guest. Today's guest is Becca King, and Becca, you may know her from Instagram as the ADHD nutritionist. And I have gotten a lot of people asking me questions over the last few years about, hey, what if I don't realize I'm hungry? What do I do? And that's been a question that I have been really seeking some supervision on um, as someone who feels embodied and connecting with hunger and fullness. It's not my natural kind of way. And I have long appreciated that everybody has different ways of relating to food. Everyone's going to develop their own food voice. Um, And I needed help to understand different ways of relating to food. And Becca has helped me so much to understand those of you who are ADHDers. So Becca shared her own letter to food, and then she stays around to help us understand what that is like and what you can do. So whether you are an ADHD or you know someone who is, or you just don't feel as connected to some of the recommendations with intuitive eating. Um, I even use the word feel. (laughs) That may not be even the right way to say it. Um, Maybe you don't feel, you don't connect with the message of intuitive eating. Um, This is a show for you. So I hope you enjoy. But before we get to hear Becca's letter, And hear from Becca, a quick word from our sponsor. If you have a complicated relationship with food, I want to help. I have a number of free downloads you can get on my website at julieduffydillon.com slash voice that can get you started. One in particular is my PCOS Power Roadmap. This is the roadmap that gives you the first three steps to move away from diets and improve health while living with PCOS. If you don't have PCOS, I also have some downloads for you as well. Another popular download is my diet-free doctor visit handout. This is one that you can print out and customize so you can tell your doctor via this handout what your boundaries are in session. The cool part on the flip side is it's If you planted a seed, which many of you will with this interaction, it has a list of resources in case this doctor is ready to let go of diet culture as well, which we are all rooting for. So there are those two handouts and a number of other downloads you can get there. So the website again is julieduffydillon.com slash voice. Dear food, you serve so many purposes in our lives, and I'm truly grateful for that. You are a bridge to connecting us with others. You comfort us in times of need and you nourish our brains and bodies. It's unfortunate that diet culture has made your sole purpose to fuel us, but you can serve a unique purpose to ADHDers, myself included, by providing us stimulation or dopamine. From crunchy snacks to something sweet, carbs are a quick, readily available to most source of stimulation. Using you for this purpose gets shamed too. For many ADHDers diagnosed late in life, you have been there For them, whether it's needing chocolate to study in the library or snacking on popcorn so they can sit through a movie without them realizing the purpose you're serving. I'm hopeful that one day you will not be looked down upon for being a tool for stimulation, but embraced as one of the many tools that ADHDers can utilize in their stimulation toolkit. Hey, Becca, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm so glad to finally talk to you in real life. I yeah. feel like I know you because of Instagram. <laughs> uh, I love how Instagram has been the way now that I haven't been doing like 
going to conferences and stuff. Like that's how I'm getting to know other professionals. So I'm so glad that you are willing to share your dear food letter with us. First of all, that is like a treasure. I so appreciate it. And thanks for sticking around to talk about it and like judging it along. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I haven't written a letter to something in a long time. And I was like, and an inanimate object. So I was like, that I have obviously very deep emotional ties to, but I was like, right. hey. I was like, it could go so many directions with this. <laughs> it could go in so many directions. But um, the, the topic of ADHD and nutrition and non-diet approaches and intuitive eating has been something that a lot of people have asked me about. And yeah. I don't specialize in um, helping people living with ADHD. Um, but a lot of people that I have worked with... Um, and especially people with PCOS, it's a really common thing to go together. And so I'm like, oh, I have questions. <laughs> and yeah. And so um, first off, like, tell me about how, how you even learned about like non-diet work or intuitive eating yeah. um, with your like lived experience. Like, how did you come to it? I was in grad school for nutrition and I think it was I was like, you know, there was some dietitians on Instagram back then. It was like 2016 then. Um, mm -hmm. And I remember starting to see some dietitians talking about intuitive eating and like non-diet approach to nutrition. And I was like, this is really interesting. And at the time I was struggling with binge eating. So I was just like this, honestly, I was like, this is woo woo. You can't listen to your body and add being on a stimulant medication that suppresses my appetite. I was like, I can't, you, I can't do that. Like, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the more and more I got into school and things like that, it was like, maybe, and just seeing these dietitians be so free and enjoying food and not being meticulous about every single thing that they were putting in their bodies. I was like, I, I think I'm going to try that, you know, <laughs> like I've tried mm -hmm. everything, you know, I had tried all the other diets and things that were out there. And so it was like, I think I'm just going to try this and see. And so, yeah. and then it was like, oh, this actually makes way more sense. Than, yeah. Yeah. Some other diet. So. Right. Well, and what it sounds like, is it like intuitive eating or like non-diet approaches or like moving away from diets, like that permission was appealing? Like, oh, I don't have to restrict. I don't have to diet. Yeah. But then the tool itself it sounds like it was a bit clunky because it was like you said, like your medications that you're using, how it would keep you from really even like feeling hungry. You know, yeah. like what was that part like for you? It was like, it was very confusing. I was like, I just remember a lot of diet, like self-talk of like, but if I'm honoring my hunger, how do I honor my hunger? If I'm not, <laughs> I don't feel hungry. I'm not hungry. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because it's like, well, yeah, like what a horrible, like, it's like such an assumption that those of us doing non-diet work are just like expecting everyone to be able to connect with. And yeah, that's pretty and shitty. People who do, who are ADHDers do without medication have lower levels of interoceptive awareness. So just mm -hmm. recognize body cues, even if you're not on a medication can make it really hard to mm -hmm. um, honor your hunger. I always use the example of going to the bathroom is another one um, where like, a lot of ADHDers would be like, I'm going to wait till, the, you know, it's not intentional, but it's like, oh my God, I have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden. And mm -hmm. I need to act on that cue now. Like it's like, but it just, it, it, there's no like, oh, I should probably, you know, I should probably go to the bathroom <laughs> in the next few minutes. Like I need to do this right now. Mm -hmm. And so realizing that 
that inner that issue with interoception was for me was like okay practical hunger just made a lot of sense like when I started exploring and like intuitive eating of like I might not be hungry but logically I know that if I don't Mm. eat lunch or I don't have a snack in the afternoon like I'm going to binge when my meds were off in the evening yeah your body's starving yeah yeah, it happened and like learning that learning that was like okay I can still eat intuitively it just means for me eating intuitively is knowing that I need to eat about every three to four hours mm-hmm. and, and that can make intuitive eating work for me. It's just bringing that logic piece into question mm-hmm. of like, Hey, when I don't eat all day, I binge at night. So I need to eat regularly or getting over time. I've gotten, you know, a lot more connected to like, not just my stomach, but like, Hey, my mood has shifted or I'm really agitated at like teeny mm-hmm. tiny things. Or, you know, I'm really anxious out of nowhere and then I'll eat and it just goes away. And I'm like, okay, that was hunger. Okay. Ah, so is that, so the practical hunger, did it start with like, oh, okay, I'm going to use my rational kind of logical mind um, to set myself up to get enough food. And as you were doing more of that, did some more interceptive awareness start to come about? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, Kind of like, yeah, just notice more mm-hmm. of those little nuances with hunger that aren't, oh, my stomach's growling, so I should go get something to eat. Of just noticing when there's a small shift, like it sounds crazy, but like I will be on Canva making like an Instagram post. And if I, and if I get start getting really agitated, it's like, I feel like my internet speed has slowed down and it has not. And it's just a moment mm-hmm. for me to pause and be like, hey, Becca, when did you last eat? Because you're getting really angry at like, a website right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm writing down notes. That is that's really powerful. Like I think about um so much of this has I have a feeling is individual, but is it not? Like is this is your experience, are you finding it's really common for other ADHDers? I find most of my clients don't experience like the classic stomach signs of hunger. It's usually mm-hmm. like I get a headache, my mood shifts, like those sorts of things, or even just issues with executive functioning. So like mm-hmm. making decisions, being like, you know, waiting until they're starving to eat and then being mm-hmm. like, I, now I can't decide what to eat because I'm wrapping mm-hmm. up. Um, so just noticing those things or like, Hey, my, even though I'm on my medication, it's all of a sudden, it's really hard to focus and concentrate and those sorts of things. So it definitely is still individualized. I think of what your signs mm-hmm. are, but just knowing what can be signs of hunger and then kind of seeing what pops up frequently for you. And if food actually makes that, whatever that is, so like if it's had a client who was like every afternoon I get a headache and she was like, I think it's just because I need more caffeine. And then <laughs> we switched to like her afternoon coffee to like a snack. And she was like, I guess I was just hungry this whole entire time. And I had no idea. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Helping people connect the dots to something. If it's like, hey, I get this afternoon headache every day, or I notice this dip in my energy, you know, around the same time every day of like, hey, maybe those are signs of hunger for you. Mm-hmm. This is, I'm like, this is gold. I think about people mm-hmm. who are listening who are ADHDers or maybe have a hunch that they are like, they yeah. haven't been diagnosed um, or just can relate to this. Um yeah. Because I think about um, folks 
buying the intuitive eating book or reading stuff online about moving away from diets and not, and feeling really excited for that permission, but then not feeling like the tool is very useful. And of course, like diet culture is really sneaky, how it loves to make us feel so shamey. Yes. And we can't do a, a, what's on the sheet of paper or the program or the diet or whatever. And um, yeah, like what's, what have you noticed? Pe- what have people told you about like, if they try to make non-diet stuff work without your help or just acknowledging how their interceptive awareness is different? Um, yeah. What is that like for people? I think for a lot of people, it's, they feel stuck or it's, or they forget that the logic piece of it, of like, it, it's just into, if, if it's intuitive eating, it's just listening to my body. Yes. And, and so for them, it's like, oh, I'm just listening. So if I just listen to my body, then I don't eat until four o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, afternoon. And I'm like, wait, but how do we feel when we do that? Or, you know, or mm-hmm. does that always result in you not eating all day and then binging at night? What, you know, what comes up there for you? And kind of thinking about those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine there's, um, another kind of round of like, Oh, my body just is broken, you know? Um, and instead, like what I hear you talking about though, too, is like, um, kind of taking this different path, but it still is going to the same place of yeah. relying on your body. And I'm so glad that you mentioned too, that like, so many of us just, we have these like assumptions about intuitive eating work. Like it's just listening to my body or it's just eating when I'm hungry. Um, which is of course like so packaged in like a rigid way. Um, and when I've looked at your content on, um, Instagram, you know, we, you and I are doing totally like different work in the spheres of non-diet work, which probably people outside of non-diet work are probably like, no, you're not. But like, (laughs) we're like focusing a lot of times on different groups of people. Like I help a lot of people with PCOS and of course, a lot of people with PCOS also are ADHDers. (laughs) But um, what I noticed with intuitive eating work, when I started to like incorporate it into my practice, um, people with PCOS, like I already knew that diets didn't work that focusing on the scale was just a shit show and going to be harmful and, you know, was just collectively contributing to oppression. So I wasn't going to help someone diet, but I really was like, well, then what do people with PCOS do? And so I had to like, just stumble around for a while until I found like, oh, I kind of need to like do some things differently like add in some tools that some people may call like gentle nutrition, maybe, I don't know, Um, where and some supplements and some different things with like strategically adding foods and voila, it's like, oh, that, that connection with um, permission and relying on the body again, maybe in a different way, maybe with a little more planning. Um, It just seemed to make sense. And then people were like reporting, like, I feel like I'm healing my relationship with food, which is like, yes. And so when I look at your work, I'm like, it seems like you you have found a similar kind of like offshoot of like, okay, we're coming against this brick wall, but I think we have some other ways to do it to kind of get you back in the motion of like healing. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I think for people who have, who are ADHDers, it is a lot of making accommodations for things. And I think intuitive eating is a great framework 
when it comes to eating for mm-hmm. that kind of create space to figure out what works for you without mm-hmm. all of that judgment and shame or the like, you know, ADHDers struggle to do things in so many other areas of their lives. So when they, you know, can't stick to a plan or a program or when it comes to eating, there's this even more, there's so much shame with that comes with that. And so I think Mm -hmm. being able to move away from that and then figuring out those accommodations of whether it is, Hey, I need to set alarms on my phone because I get hyper-focused. And if I do, if it's around the time of lunch, I will plow through lunch and not eat. And all of a sudden it's four Mm -hmm. o'clock. So it might be, I might need to use some external structures to help, help, you know, help me in that sense. Or it might be even figuring out things that are easier or lower effort meals. And sometimes they might not be the most perfect balanced things, but it might be Mm -hmm. getting in nourishment there. Um, And I think too, eating for stimulation is a really big thing for a lot of. I would love to hear more about that because that is something that I feel so, um, not well-versed in and don't know a lot about, but I hear people talking about it and it also sounds really important. Yes. Um, you know, cause I'm friends with people with that are ADHDers and like also as a clinician, like I want to make sure that I'm not being an asshole by like, like miss, um, identifying ways to help promote healing for someone, you know? Yeah. And I think a doctor had explained it really great with eating for stimulation, like anything that is, you know, a carb or sweet, mm-hmm crunchy. A lot of ADHDers find that's stimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, do provide our brains dopamine. So mm-hmm. uh, that is why a lot of ADHDers really like carbs because <laughs> they mm-hmm. make them happy. But, um, as a doctor had made his comment once of like, you know, if your brain's craving chocolate, like eating a salad, isn't going to do it. And I was like, <laughs> no, that is a very rare thing. I feel like for a doctor to say like, yes, fine. <laughs> they're normally a little more entrenched in like the dieting world. But I think for a lot of my clients, especially women diagnosed later in life, they're someone mm-hmm. who be, I'm always eating, but I'm not hungry and I don't understand. And there's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a deeper emotion or some sort of unmet need. It's just they're like, I'm bored. <laughs> it needs something to do with my hands or my mouth. Sometimes is what people will say. And food is one of, can be one of those ways that um, they get stimulation. So just like with other emotions. Cause it feels like boredom. A lot of times mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, there's nothing wrong with using food for stimulation, but can we add other tools to that toolkit so that mm-hmm. you can, you know, think through like, what do I want to do in this moment or what's going to be the most helpful thing for me? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if sitting in front of the TV for me, I, I usually need like a fidget or something to like watch TV. And if, you know, if I sat in front of the TV with a bag of pretzels, I would easily just finish the whole thing unintentionally because I know that like, it's just a stim for, it's just a way for me to get stimulation. So for me, I like have a ton of little fidgets and things like that for when I'm like, I'm genuinely not hungry. And I know that like, if I'm watching TV that I'm not in tune usually mm-hmm. my, my body. And so for me, it's like, Hey, what other things can I access um, in this moment to help with, with that? Well, you know, it's so interesting to hear that as I think about diet culture and how I've always like read about ADHD and food is to like restrict carbs and sugar, which is so, oh my gosh, that sounds like the perfect storm for like just torture. Yeah. What is up with that? Yeah. It's really funny. It gets, I think it gets demonized because 
for so long, ADHD was just like the little boy, little hyperactive boy bouncing off the walls. And so sugar and hyperactivity Mm -hmm. would be one of those things for a while where they're like, oh, sugar causes ADHD. And that's Mm. research is very like, that's not true. Um, But they're like, oh, it makes it worse. And it really tends to be more of like peaks and dips in people's blood sugar. I've noticed is more of what can cause like more noticeable symptoms with ADHD. And, um, and so for me, it's not demonizing those foods, but again, just like, what can we pair with, with Mm -hmm. those? Mm -hmm. So that can be a little bit more balanced nutritionally, but Um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy to me. A lot of my clients have tried keto or something like that. And then it's just that the pendulum at some point swings really, yeah. really back to overeating or binging when they finally have carbs again. And they're like, it didn't work or it was just, I really couldn't do it. And I was like, I completely understand. I've never even like, that's not, it's not even been something that's appealed to, to me as wanting to try. I was like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> like, why would you want to cut out carbs? I don't mm-hmm. like understand. So I mean, I think that's like what diet culture, like part of its lies though, is like, you don't have you being like this collective for all of us. Like you don't have control. You don't have willpower. Your one thing that you are craving is the thing that's ruining it, you know? And, um, I'm just thinking about someone who cut out carbs or sugar or both or whatever, um, and is needing stimulation. Like that would just be so like uncomfortable. And then of course, yeah. Then like the body starving for carbohydrates and that needing that dopamine, cause uh, you know, we're human, um, how that would be the perfect recipe for like these out of control experiences. I even hesitate to call them binging because like, yeah, you're like starving. So like, yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's just your body trying to save you, you know? And I, when I started intuitive eating, and I was struggling with binge eating, especially like when my meds would wear off, that was like the self-talk that I had had with myself to be, mm. I to be kinder to myself of like, Hey, if you're this hungry, when your meds are wearing off, you need to be adding more to what you're eating throughout the day, whether that's mm-hmm. more snack or, mm-hmm. you know, having a larger lunch or a larger breakfast, whatever it is. It just, for me, it was like, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up for this happening what, you know, what was my day like? And sometimes it's like, oh, you binge because you just had a salad and an apple. Well, you know, you had a salad with some chicken on it and an apple. Yeah. For yeah. That's yeah. not good. You need more than that. And like, that's okay. Like, and mm-hmm. learning that of like, you need carbs at all of your meals, Becca. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll stain you that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what do you, what do you wish every healthcare provider who's, teaching intuitive eating or in the non-diet space, what do you wish they knew about ADHD? That ADHDers often struggle with the how to do things. Um, And so a lot of times, especially like with eating disorder treatment and things like that, it gets looked at as like non-compliance. Yes. You're just not trying. And if you don't understand ADHD, a lot of times that's how it can come off of like, oh yeah, they just don't want to follow if I if they happen to have a meal plan or mm-hmm. I gave you these recipes and they didn't make them. And it's like, then maybe the recipes had too many steps or too many ingredients mm-hmm. and it was overwhelming for them. And so a lot of times it's asking them how or working with them on the how piece, I find mm-hmm. that is most helpful for most, a lot of my clients. It's not a knowledge deficit usually um, when it comes to 
what they need. They're like, I know what I need to be mm. doing. I don't know how to get there. And so working with them on identifying what's preventing them from doing mm-hmm. that thing can be the most helpful of like, is it, you know, I can't get myself started on this task. I don't know how to get started or, you know, there's too many steps that I get really overwhelmed and shut down. Um, or like, I just, some people call it like, I don't have the spoons to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I hear that a lot for sure. Yeah. So um, I think that would be like the biggest thing if, if you're working with clients is really, it's more of a how than like that they just don't want to do things and mm-hmm. try and help them figure out what accommodations they might need to make how as easy mm-hmm. as possible. Right. And I, you know, any clinician, and there's a number of clinicians that like to listen to this show. And like, if we're saying the word non-compliant, yeah. <laughs> like I hope there's a pause because it may be that like the tool that you're offering is just not a good fit. You know, like we have a role in this relationship and yeah, it may not be a good fit. So um, that's really helpful. And so what about someone listening who is an ADHD or suspects they are? Um, what would you hope that they knew about like healing their relationship with food? I think one of the most powerful things and one of my clients said it the other day is that it really does, you know, healing that relationship and being more mindful with food really starts to transfer to other areas of their lives. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really powerful when you have ADHD, it impacts every area of your life. And so a lot of things that to someone who doesn't have ADHD, those, a lot of things that are easy are Mm. very hard for ADHDers. Um, and we can excel at super complicated tasks, but it might, you know, the day to day or things like that can be really, you know, doing the dishes, keeping up with laundry, remembering to pay your bills, like just things that are, you know, the, the boring aspects of life, really. Um, those things can be really hard. And I think intuitive eating can just, it makes just makes life a lot easier when you have ADHD to not have to have a big chunk of your brain um, taken up by diet culture and mm-hmm. giving yourself the permission to be able to eat in a way that works for you. And that can look different for everyone. And I think that's the beauty of intuitive eating is like, you know, you can still do it if you take ADHD medication. I actually know a lot of dietitians who are ADHDers. Mm-hmm. And are in the non-diet space too. And I'm like, it's so cool because when people are like, you can't do that. I'm like, if you only knew. (laughs) I know, exactly. (laughs) We have some intel that there are some people doing this who are teaching it. So yes, you can. (laughs) And it's like, it's doable. And I think it's, it's figuring out how you want your relationship with food to look and figuring out how to make that work for you. And, And, you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a little bit longer, you know, <laughs> I bet, I bet. And I love how you have given, um, people in the non-diet space who are clinicians or people who are exploring that as a way to help their relationship with food to like pause and consider like, Hey, this tool is, um, can have many different facets to it besides just this, like I'm hungry or I'm not hungry. So then it's accessible to more people. I mean, I, I think about how this can relate to people who aren't ADHDers, but just people who are not connecting with it, like how we may need to, I don't know, yeah, pause and consider like, how can we make this work for you? And um, 
that's so helpful to hear about like struggling with the how. And um, I'm thinking about many people I've worked with over the years. I'm like, wow, I don't think I provided what they were really needing. And um, you know, that it was too many steps and, and, and relying about how I see the world and my relationship with food and how that was an assumption that I, you know, as a clinician, that was not helpful. (laughs) So we can only do better moving forward, but I just want to acknowledge that. Well, and so as you're kind of winding down, I definitely kept you longer. I'm, I'm like, want to apologize for taking all of your time, but like, I would love for people to find a way to connect with you. Um, cause, um, I know you're doing some great work. Um, where's the best pay- place for people to go to find out more about you? Instagram is where I'm most active on social media. So you can find me at ADHD.nutritionist at mm-hmm. Gmail, at Gmail. That's my email. <laughs> 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 on Instagram is okay. where I'm most active. So awesome. And um I will put that in the show notes. And thank you so much. This is like, I know before we push record, I was like, I am selfishly super excited to talk to you <laughs> because I'm wanting to increase my knowledge and understanding. So thank you for providing that for me. And I know a listener who's not an HD HD eight. I can't talk. And a listener who's not an ADHD is going to benefit and as well as someone who is. So thank you again. And I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Becca King. Remember, you can find her at ADHD Nutritionist on Instagram. I have learned so much from her work that she does there. And I have to tell you, after we hung up, um, we're not really hung up, but when we stopped recording, We chatted a little bit more and I learned even more. Like she has so much wonderful insight and I'm so grateful for her and other people who have really shined a light on, you know, there are many different paths to food peace. This is not a cookie cutter thing. We need to make sure that no one gets left behind. So if you enjoy this episode, we are so, so happy. And if you are willing, would you leave us a rating or review? I know you hear that all the time, but really for people like me who are in independent podcasting kind of team. It means a lot. It helps more people find the show. And I want everyone to have access to Food Peace. So leaving a rating or review, subscribing or sharing an episode does a really big thing for us. Again, it just helps more people find us. Also remember that this episode was brought to you by my PCOS roadmap and other free downloads. You can get to them at julieduffydillon.com slash voice. All right, so I see that food has written back. And until next time, take care. Dear Becca, we food totally agree with you. Healing strategies and therapies are not universal and it's about time more let this be known. For that, we thank you. We hope every ADHDer holds onto one thing in particular, permission. Permission to use food for stimulation. Permission to use convenient food to meet needs. Permission to eat outside of hunger. Permission to use external ways to be sure eating enough. Let's add permission abundantly and take away judgment and shame. There's no room for that in anyone's relationship with food. Love, food.
Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Ready to join the anti-diet movement and take the Food Voice Pledge? Go to julieduffydillon.com and sign your name to the growing list of people saying no to diets and yes to their own food voice. The Find Your Food Voice podcast is produced by me, Julie Duffy Dillon, and my team of kick-ass folks. I couldn't make the show without Yelly Cruz, assistant producer and resident book feed, and Colleen Brebner, customer service coordinator and professional hype master. Audio editing is from Toby Lyles at 24 Sound. Music is Fly Free by Hartley. Are you looking for episode transcripts? Get them at julieduffydillon.com, where you can also submit letters for the podcast, give us feedback, and sign the Food Voice Pledge. We need your voice to end diet culture. We literally can't do this without you. Subscribe to the Find Your Food Voice podcast to get weekly inspiration and education on how we can defeat diet culture and reclaim our own food voice. I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Find Your Food Voice podcast. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.